Blog Talk Radio. Your attention, please, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming. I am who It's Tuesday night, and it's 7.30 p.m., everyone. It's time for your national family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with host Shana Thorne. The acclaimed news talk program has earned a reputation as a high-quality example of digital journalism. We deliver the conversations you want to hear about the news defining our time. You can expect expert and celebrity guests weekly. This popular show is the recipient of the Bold Award in Journalism and has the We Day Excellency in Journalism Award. Let's bring in our on-air host, the one and only Shana Thornton. Well, good Tuesday evening, everyone, and welcome to your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with host Shana Thornton. Now, of course, I am Shana, and I am honored and thrilled that you have opted to join us live this Tuesday, March 29th, 2016. It is hard to believe that we are already knocking on the door of April. Welcome, everyone. You know, if you don't know, then you should know that this Family Weekly News Talk Program aims to educate and inform all of us on the issues that truly apply to all of us. And tonight is no exception. We are putting the spotlight on a very tough subject, but a very real subject. We're talking about sexual assault awareness in our youth. We are so um, honored to have critical staff members from the Southern Crescent Sexual Assault Center out of Atlanta Metro, out of specifically the Hampton area. They are going to join me tonight and put the spotlight on this reality. And it is a harsh one, but it is one. One that does need to be addressed, and it is so critical uh, that you stay with us, mom, dad, grandmother, grandfather, aunt, uncle, uh, neighbor, community member, uh, whatever you consider yourself, uh, please stay with us tonight because this is a relevant conversation, and we would encourage you to bring in the youth, to listen in, because these two uh, women, these two experts in this field are going to share some knowledge that could only help all of us, okay? We want to bring a Awareness to, once again, sexual assault awareness um, among our youth. We want to talk about this subject um, because it matters. Um, Unfortunately, uh, sexual assault can happen uh, with anyone, and we really want to protect all of us, especially our youth. Uh, They are so young, um, often uh, they don't understand a lot. So we're going to talk about both sides of it tonight, um, trying to prevent it um, when possible, and we also want to talk about the healing component of it. So you have to stay with us. Please message all of your family and friends and tell them that our main featured conversation tonight is an important one for every single member of your household. It truly is a family topic that needs to be covered. Well, we are also tonight uh, putting the spotlight on what's going on in your dog's mind. That's right. A professor of cognitive neuroscience at the esteemed Duke University joins me on air in some minutes. He's going to talk about everything about your dog, how they think, how they operate, and he's going to talk about some innovative approaches uh, to uh, engaging your dog. So that's going to be a very neat conversation. Hey, you know the warm weather has come. We've seen it in many parts of the U.S. Let's put our spotlight 
on your yard. That's right, yard work tonight. Should you be placing fertilizer down this time of year? Well, TV host and home improvement expert Jason Cameron joins the show tonight to discuss uh, your yard this spring. So stay with us. He's going to quickly share some tips that are only uh, going to help beautify your yard. And lastly, as many of you uh, may realize, the annual Easter egg hunt and roll took place yesterday on Monday, March 28th, at the White House. Well, we have an exclusive uh, interview uh, with a spokesperson from the National Egg Board, okay? So we're going to have some special insight of what happened yesterday with all of the kids, with the president and the first lady. So this is going to be one exciting and complete show, as you can see. So you want to stay with us, all right? And if you've never listened to this show before, we will also be uh, discussing the latest news in our signature segment in the news. We highlight the top trending global news of the week. And tonight, we are going to talk about uh, many things, uh, global things in particular. We're going to be talking about Brussels, of course, what happened there. Also, talking about Iraq, also Pakistan. We're talking March Madness and more. So you want to stay with us, all right? So, hey, hashtag LTA Radio, LTA Radio. Let others know that you are tuned in to your family weekly show right now. Everyone's invited, literally everyone in the community and your household, especially the youth. All right, everyone, let's get it started. Message family, friends, colleagues, neighbors, and let them know the news that matters is on right now. LTN Radio is in your ear. We're set to kick it off this Tuesday night. Join us. Do you need to see a doctor today and can't wait two weeks for an appointment? Are you tired of waiting for hours on end in the emergency room? Well, good news. Get Well Urgent Care is open seven days a week from 10 a.m. until 10 p.m. Dr. Baruti and his well-trained staff specialize in minor surgical procedures like keloid removal, IV therapy, telemedicine, and a six-month physician-supervised weight loss program. Get Well Urgent Care is located in Douglasville, Georgia, Interstate 20, Exit 37. Call 404-937-3508 or go to www.getwellga.org. Hello, everyone. I'm LaTosha Matthews from Columbia, South Carolina, and I'm listening to Let's Talk America with Shana Thornton. Hi, I'm Nikki Smith. I'm in Dallas, Texas, and I love listening to Let's Talk America with Shana Thornton. I love the fact that it's a family-friendly show, and it has great guests. It has great music submissions, and I think she's doing a wonderful job, and I will continue to support it, and I encourage you to as well. Thank you, and have a blessed day. Hey, how you doing? This is L. Hustle from Detroit, Michigan. You're now tuning into the Let's Talk America with your host, Shannon Thornton. Hi, this is Carol from Atlanta, Georgia, and I listen to Let's Talk America with Shana Thornton. This is DJ Nicholas, gospel radio artist from Kingston, Jamaica, and you're listening to Let's Talk America. Welcome back, everyone. A special thanks to all of our national partners and sponsors. As I always say with every show, your support truly is priceless. And, of course, I'd be remiss if I did not acknowledge our weekly dedicated loyal listeners. Thanks for sticking with us live each and every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
And when you don't have the time necessarily to listen live on Tuesday nights, you always find a way to go back and listen to the replay podcast, either on iTunes or by visiting our website. And we thank you so much for that. Please continue to share all of our great news with family, friends, colleagues, and neighbors. We have gotten the feedback that you are sharing this show, Let's Talk America Radio. Thank you so much. And by the way, if you're ever interested in visiting our website, please go to www.letstalkamerica with shaynathornton.com. Again, that's www.letstalkamerica with shaynathornton.com. And there you can find more information on upcoming guests and show topics, more about our national sponsors and partners, and even more about me. So check out that website. It's easy to navigate, and you're going to love it. And hey, send us a quick message um, with feedback on the website or the show or the weekly guests that we have. Of course, they're leading experts and celebrities in their field. Of course, you can email us at letstalkshana at gmail.com. That easy-to-remember email address is letstalkshana at gmail.com. Okay? We would love to hear from you. Many of you have already written us. Let us know. And always connect with us on social media. We're out there, and we enjoy the messages we get there also. We're on Twitter. Uh, We are on Instagram. We're on Pinterest. We are now on Vine. We're very excited to share with you some pretty innovative six-second videos. We're on Periscope, so you want to stick with us because we provide some exclusive behind-the-scenes coverage often on video live there on Periscope. So join us. And also, um, lastly, we're on Snapchat now. We are on Snapchat, new to Snapchat. So do join us. We always follow back. You can find our handle um, by going to our website or simply remember Let's Talk America Radio. Let's Talk America Radio on Snapchat, on Instagram, also on uh, Periscope. We're all over the place. Join us again um, on Twitter because it's important there. We always share our news stories. So um, the handle there is S.S. Thornton, S.S. Thornton on Twitter. Well, everyone, we're set to kick off in the news for this week. And, of course, again, this is our uh, brief segment where we highlight the top global news of the week. We are set now in the news. We start off with some very disturbing ballot news out of Pakistan. Over the weekend, a bomb exploded in a park filled with Christians celebrating Easter in the Pakistan city of Lahore. At least 65 people were killed due to the violent act, and hundreds more have been seriously wounded. A breakaway Taliban faction has reportedly claimed responsibility for the deadly terrorist attack, which involved a suicide bomber. Now, local residents of the Pakistan city have shown tremendous support for the victims by lining up to donate blood in area hospitals. As you may already know by now, of course, there was a terrorist attack in Brussels, Belgium, last week, also that touched the lives of at least 28 victims. Bombs were placed in the airport and at the metro station. Arrests have been made, and it is being reported that more involved with the violent attacks are on the run from authorities. It is believed that the terrorist group ISIS is behind the deadly international act. And also, a bomb exploded at a soccer game near Baghdad, killing at least 26 people and wounding over 70 people. The terrorist group ISIS has also claimed responsibility for the deadly incident, which again used a suicide bomber. In the news, March Madness gives us the top four. That's right. The basketball mania continues. We now know the final four teams in the 2016 NCAA basketball tournament. Oklahoma will take on number two, Villanova, and number one, North Carolina, will face number 10, Syracuse, on Saturday, April the 2nd. Now, all of this will reveal our two final contenders for the national championship set for Monday, April the 4th. 
Also in the news, man in cape versus a man in the Batmobile. That's right. Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, the highly anticipated new movie, set the record for the biggest March opening weekend in box office history, with an estimated $170 million total in North America alone. Now, the superhero film stars Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck. Have you seen this new movie? Let us know. We'd love to know your opinion of it. Now, lastly, in the news, as you may recall, we did a special interview, an exclusive news segment on Apple versus the FBI over that phone that was used in the deadly violent terrorist attack in San Bernardino, California, back in December of 2015. Now, as you know, Apple had refused to accept the FBI's request to help them get into the phone so the government could find out more information about the shooter terrorist connections. Well, the FBI announced today that they have gotten into the phone and they did it without the help of Apple. Not quite sure how they got into it. Maybe they will reveal that later, but they have withdrawn their federal request to make Apple join them in getting into the phone. Well, stay informed with Let's Talk America Radio. We aim to do that each and every Tuesday night. Do stick with us. This concludes our In the News. We will be back in seconds. We're going to feature our exclusive conversation about sexual assault awareness and our youth. Stay with us. Hey, you want to bring your career to the next level? Call United Medical and Business Institute now. 866-304-UMBI. And enroll today. You can be certified in less than a year. If you've always wanted to get into the healthcare field or you want to make more money, this is your chance. UMBI is MARTA accessible and offers flexible class schedules. Financial assistance available for those who qualify. Call 866-304-UMBI or visit them on the web at umbi.edu. Your future is only a call away. United Medical and Business Institute, where your goal become your reality. Welcome back, everyone. It is now time for our quote for the night. And tonight it comes from uh, the one and only Nobel Prize winner in physics, Albert Einstein, who once said, life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. Again, Nobel Prize winner in physics, uh, scientist Albert Einstein, once said, life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. And you know what? That statement clearly speaks for itself. We have to keep moving, keep striving in life, pursuing our dreams, our goals. Uh, That, of course, uh, we have to do. It's a must. It's mandatory on every level. So don't uh, sit there um, physically. If you can't, don't do it. Um, And also emotionally and mentally. Keep going. Keep striving, okay? You're still here for a reason. All right, we'll have another new quote statement next Tuesday night, so you have to stay with us. All right, well, in seconds, we're going to feature the uh, conversation for tonight that is moving, that is groundbreaking, um, that will very well change your life and your perspective of what you think you know about sexual assault. I'm talking about sexual assault awareness among our youth uh, with two individuals, two women that know a lot about it. They work um, with this uh, devastating reality day in and day out with a very important uh, center organization out of Atlanta metropolitan area. They're going to be up in seconds. You still have time to text, message, uh, inbox, family, friends, colleagues, anyone that has a teenage son, a teenage daughter, if they have a toddler, if you know that your neighbor has a granddaughter, please allow them, encourage them to tune in. We will present this very important conversation in seconds. Stay with us. You're listening to Let's Talk America Radio. 
Hi, my name is Kezia Alford. For more information on my music, please go to keziaalford.com. That's K-E-Z-I-A-A-L-S-O-R-D.com. Or find it online at any digital outlet. I pray that my music blesses your soul. And you are currently listening to Let's Talk America with Jane of Thornton. This is award-winning medical correspondent Dr. Bob Arnott, and you're listening to Let's Talk America Radio. Listeners of your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, it is Tuesday night, and we are putting the spotlight on sexual abuse in our children. Now, this segment is a critical one. It's pivotal. It is titled Protecting Our Children. They are so important, and we're going to talk about some prevention measures. We're going to talk about the healing process also. I'm no expert in this field, but I have two women on with me that have spent a lot of time, years, in this um, industry, if you will, in this segment, trying to help our youth uh, in the community. They're based out of Georgia. They're with an amazing organization called Sexual uh, Crescent, excuse me, the Southern Crescent Sexual Assault and Child Advocacy Center. I'm talking about prevention educator Andrea Hughley, and I'm talking about uh, Christine Wooden, who is the Director of Program and Services. Ladies, welcome to Let's Talk America Radio. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, it is an honor to have you on. This, like I said at the top of the segment, is a very, very important topic to have. And we have many listeners out there that are moms and dads, their aunts, their uncles, their grandmothers, their grandfathers, uh, their godmothers, their godfathers. And they uh, so believe that the children in their lives are precious, they're uh, jewels, they're very uh, unique assets. And we want to do everything we can to protect them. And we've spent time on this show, ladies, talking about the education uh, aspect of children, and we've talked about many other things, and I think we have to talk about a reality uh, that has gone on for years, that continues to go on in different communities out there. It's something that many people don't feel comfortable talking about, but you know here on Let's Talk America, we offer digital journalism that offers real talk for real people. I want to start with you, Andrea. You are a prevention educator. You have spent years working with children uh, yourself. Let's talk about awareness of sexual abuse. Now, you have to tell our national and international listeners just how prevalent is sexual abuse with our youth. Thanks for that excellent question, Shana. Um, sexual assault is something that is very prevalent, especially with our youth. Um, just to give you some, some statistics on sexual assault as it relates to our youth, one in four girls you know, will be sexually assaulted before they reach adulthood. Oh, wow. You know, for boys, one in six. That, that is one in six boys. So, before, you know, be sexually assaulted before they reach adulthood. And those statistics are staggering. I mean, it's just an awful thing to even think about. You know, Andrea, as it relates to, to our youth. first off, I, I know you are telling us facts, and you work with our youth uh, trying to prevent this as much as possible. Obviously, you've encountered our youth who have experienced um, this, this tragic, horrific uh, type of situation, but I know you're a big advocate that they can heal also, and we're going to talk about that. But what you're saying hits me pretty hard, Andrea. I mean, I know people would have said, well, that happened 60, 70 years ago when law enforcement wasn't as prevalent. But you're saying it's 2016, and those numbers, I'm sure, are within modern recent times, and that's still true in 2016? Absolutely. Absolutely, Shayla. Wow. I, I, I want to uh, 
turn our focus to you right now, uh, Christy. Um, of course, you're with uh, the same organization with Andrea, Southern Crescent Sexual um, Assault and Child Advocacy Center. Is there a group more at risk than others, Christy? So, yes, the statistics also show um, that um, the most vulnerable population when it comes to child maltreatment is between the ages of 7 and 13. And <clears throat> you also need to consider the fact that youth, elderly, and individuals with disability are all at a higher risk okay. for any type of abuse. And the reason for that, I mean, there's multiple reasons, but one of the main reasons is because it's um, often the caregivers um, that are doing the abusing, so it's the people that they look to to support. Oh, wow. Sometimes they don't understand that this isn't what's supposed to happen. Or okay. they may not have the verbal skills to explain it to someone else. Wow. When you said that typically for our children, ages, again, 7 to 13? 7 to 13. Tell me this. Mostly girls or boys? Or it can be an even mix? Uh, it's, a, it's a good even mix. Um, with the stats being 1 in 4 and 1 in 6, it's pretty close. Um, so I like to look at it more, not just in a, a boy-girl gender perspective, but as a overall one in ten youth. And wow. Think about a classroom. A regular classroom has around 30 people in it. And so you've got at least three children in a classroom who may be experiencing child maltreatment in some form. So I, I just want you to emphasize a fact um, that is hurtful either way, regardless of the gender. But our boys are at risk, too, because I'm sure you know, Christy, not sure what age group you're in, but uh, I think a lot of people from previous generations, be it baby boomers, Generation Xers, say, well, we've got to protect our girls. It's our young women. But you are here to say, you and Andrea both, right, are saying our boys are just as much at risk of sexual abuse as our girls? Absolutely. Absolutely are. And part of that is, you know, a societal view of men are supposed to be, men and boys, are supposed to be, you know, strong and masculine, and these things don't happen to them, when in reality, it's happening, we're just not discussing it. Wow, and that can be a part, uh, a real part of the problem um, with people knowing or seeking the healing help. I want to turn my focus back to you, Andrea. Andrea Hughley, again, on with us, uh, Let's Talk America listener. She's a acclaimed prevention educator. Um, she's out of Georgia. Her and Christy both work with an amazing organization in Atlanta Metropolitan. You know, what are the signs of sexual abuse, Andrea? I mean, is there such a thing? Should we be saying, is my son acting different? Is my daughter acting different? I mean, are, are there signs we should be looking for? Well, honestly, Shana, there aren't any clear signs of, you know, sexual abuse. Okay. You know, there are definitely some things that, you know, are considered what we, what we call red flags. And, you know, those can vary. I mean, those can be from, you know, a child that's withdrawn, a child that's, you know, having a certain uh, dip in their grades. Um, okay. A child that's, you know, all of a sudden keeping to themselves. A child that's not really wanting to, um, you know, be around a certain person, say, for example, a family member. You know, uh, in the past, this child may have been excited to see this family member, but all of a sudden they're withdrawn. So there could be uh, many different um Well, you know, you bring up a valid point. You're saying it's nothing that's a clear point. Hey, that's a problem. I know something happened to him or her. But what you described, I'm sure there are a lot of parents out there listening right now from Sacramento, California, right, to uh, Syracuse, New York, and they're saying, well, Andrea, you're the expert, you know, but what you just described that could possibly be going on is just my typical moody 14-year-old daughter. 
Absolutely. Okay. And sometimes, you know, it, it's, that's why I think that it's very important that parents, you know, consistent, consistently speak with their, their youth about what's going on with them. Okay. You know, and take that time at dinner time, you know, to talk to them, to find out, you know, what's going on in school and how was your day. So the biggest thing would be to just have an open line of communication with, with your children yes. to find out what's going on with them. Okay. And there are parents that have kids that are, are babies from six months old to toddlers to uh, that 17-, 18-year-old, they still love them. They're still in their household. Andrea, does it vary by age if they can show? I know you're saying it's hard to say there were any symptoms or any signs, but, you know, would a toddler perhaps one thing to look for, maybe they're acting out more? Would that be something? Or they're angry? I don't want to over-traumatize any of this, but, I mean, I guess our toddlers and young babies can also show signs of trauma, right? Oh, absolutely, they can. And, okay. you know, again, that, that, that will be, you know, that child that, you know, again, they, they're with a caregiver and all of a sudden they're, you know, showing signs of being afraid of that caregiver right. or, um, you know, exhibiting some type of behavior that's totally different yeah. than, you know, something that that child doesn't usually do. So, I mean, it, it, that's actually it's a real possibility. Wow. At Let's Talk America uh, with your host, Shana Thornton, it is Tuesday night, and we are putting the spotlight on a very, very important topic. I can't emphasize it enough. There are a lot of issues that are near and dear to my heart as a journalist, um, but when you're talking about sexual abuse of our youth, I would hope that resonates with all of us because uh, they are precious assets. We don't want anybody abused. We don't. But tonight we're putting the focus on our youth. You know, I want to turn the spotlight uh, back to you, Christy. Is sexual abuse just physical or sexual in its nature, or can it be mental and emotional too? Because as an adult, we know on jobs and you have training and they'll say, well, you know, it can be sexual harassment and maybe it's not so much physical, but it can be an emotional, mental thing that someone is doing, which is just as devastating. But when it comes to our kids, uh, you know, is that such a thing? When we talk about child maltreatment overall, you know, the first initial thought is sexual abuse or physical abuse, but emotional abuse is there as well. And then you also have neglect. So um, just in general, you know, physical abuse, we, we know that that's kind of the, you know, beatings or burning or, okay. or pinching a child. And then sexual abuse, of course, um, the rape or the touching and fondling. <clears throat> and it also includes child pornography. Um, but when you come to the emotional abuse, it's harder to, you know, physically see that. Okay. Um, so some things that would be involved, there would be criticizing or insulting the child or oh. re- uh, rejecting or withholding things, specifically love from a child. Oh. Um, and so that plays a huge impact on the development that the child goes through um, in their youth, you know, creating the citizen they become as an adult. So having that um, emotional abuse be involved, absolutely. And a majority of the cases and things that we see, it's never just one thing. It's never just physical abuse. It's never just sexual abuse. Okay. There's usually some form of emotional abuse and or neglect involved. And neglect, of course, is, you know, not, you know, failure to provide the basic needs for a child. Okay. Whether it's educational or medical, um, obviously physical things. Um, <clears throat> medical is a big one when it comes to neglect. You know, these, are, these are different categories yeah. that you see, but overlap so very much. 
Let's horn in on that uh, part where you said the mental, emotional neglect or holding love or, or, or not giving them even perhaps food or saying uh, positive reinforcing things. Because I, I believe there are some people out in America and abroad who say, well, you know what, I'm not beating my kid, uh, Christy and uh, Andrea, and I'm not leaving marks on them, and I provide uh, the best for them. They have clothes and they have shoes to go to school. But you all are also, right, Christy, saying it can be just as devastating or long-term effects on a child when these mental games, if you will, this mental emotional neglect, the lack of love, lack of positive reinforcement, when that's missing, you're saying that's just as serious because, you know, we are in a culture and a society where, well, she's a good mom, she's a good dad, they provide for their kids, and and that's what's important. But you're saying, Christy, it's bigger than the basic needs of food and shelter and clothing, right? You're saying it goes into loving that child. Explain. Exactly. And so being able to provide that child with a safe and comfortable environment at home will lead them to um, be able to be more productive in school. Okay. And to be more productive and possibly go to college and or get a solid job. Um, those things are so very important with the socio-emotional skills of working with peers, yes. uh, working with other adults, and understanding boundaries. It's Tuesday night. Let's Talk America radio listeners. And, again, we are putting the spotlight on sexual abuse um, of our children. Uh, this title is seg- a segment is titled uh, Protecting Our Children, which is so important. Andrea, let's go back to you. Who are the perpetrators of sexual abuse with our youth? That's a great question, Shana. Uh, perpetrators of sexual abuse on youth, most likely, there are people that are close to children. Okay. So these people could be parents. Um, They could be older siblings. Okay. They could be um, older family members, aunts, uncles, cousins, babysitters, uh, football, little league coaches, anyone that has direct contact with you, with the young people. Wow. So, Andrew, basically you're saying anybody could be a person, right? Not to scare us, but you're saying literally it could be anyone. Absolutely, because oftentimes I believe that, you know, we have this, this thing in our head that we think predators or perpetrators or, you know, a strange person, yeah. you know, walking down an alley, some strange. Yes, yes, and, that's, it, and, and I'm not going to say that doesn't happen. However, children are more likely to be sexually abused by someone they know. Wow. So not like you're saying, not the over-traumatized, maybe Hollywood version, hey, there was this, this guy, this creepy guy that walked up on the porch. And like you're saying, not saying that does not happen because we see it from time to time in the news, but you're saying typically, and I'm assuming, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but this is me taking a leap of faith, that typically one reason why this can be so hidden and hard to unravel is because it can be family members and close friends. emotional abuse on a child within that fact alone, Andrea, right? I mean, here they love this person. They know this person. They, they thought they could trust this person. And then there's this conflicting action and image going on. Absolutely. I want to talk about prevention right now, Andrea, with you. You know, what should a parent or guardian be saying to kids 
to help prevent this horrific crime. Now, and I want to I want to start off saying before anything, please, listeners, right now, get your mental notes ready. Get written notes if you're on your cell phone, if you're on your tablet, whatever smart device. Get ready to jot down these important elements that Andrew is going to share with us. And, and I say that we can help prevent this horrific crime because it's like rape with anyone, Andrew. And I know you would agree. You can do everything right and ideally, and then things can still occur, right? Absolutely. Okay. So and, we're ready to take and, those and, notes. And some things I would suggest, so the first thing would be talking to the young people. Okay. Letting them know that in age appropriate, of course, but starting with a two-year-old or someone that can actually speak, yes. let them know what their correct, the correct times for their body parts are. Okay. That, that goes a long way because oftentimes things are missed because, you know, we like to give or sometimes like to give those cute names for those body parts. Okay, okay. You know, cookies and tutus. Yes, yes. And, you know, oftentimes kids will go to school to daycare and say, well, hey, Uncle Joey touched my cookie. And it could be missed because okay. we think that Uncle Joey actually touched your child's okay. cookie. Okay, so, okay. Even correct times for body parts will be a start, especially for the for the younger kids. And once they're getting older, let them know which parts of their body that no one should see or touch. Okay. And also that goes to let them know that they're part of other people's bodies that they shouldn't see or touch. Okay. That's important, too, you're saying. So make sure it's reciprocated, right? That, hey, they should Absolutely. be touching your privates, and you should not be touching anyone else's. Absolutely. Okay. You know, I, I, I want to go back, rewind a few seconds, Andrea, because you pointed out some strong facts. I hope everyone tucked down. But I want to, that first one, where you say, let's avoid this whole uh, naming, if you will, that, that of body parts that parents do. A lot of that, I believe, from my observation, is generational, Andrea. That, well, you know, my grandmother called it that, and, and my mom called it that, so I'm saying that to my daughter. And I've known good people to do it, and they keep doing it. I, again, emphasize how that can be troubling, that it is important to know the proper names of body parts. Because I think a lot of parents are like, oh, no, it's like saying eat, eat, and it's like saying, doggy uh, doggy, right? I mean, let them know that when that transition of body parts, it's critical for that conversation down the line of saying, wait a minute, who touched what? Mm-hmm. Yes, and again, you know, we don't, we don't ever want to have a, a time where we're, we're missing okay. an outcry based on something that was totally avoidable, which is, you know, correctly naming the body part. I see. Wow. And one thing I'll note, we don't see pediatricians saying nicknames, do we? We do not. No. When you you take your child to the pediatrician, they will refer to the body parts as, you know, the correct anatomically correct term. Yes. Yes, they will. You know, the vagina, the penis. Yes. Those are the the terms that we should actually use with, with our young folks. Wow. Great information. Andrea, you have to let us know. We have listeners that have kids that are two, four, six, seven, eight years old. Is it ever too early to talk about uh, the potential of sexual abuse or the the proper things of saying what's appropriate and inappropriate? Because you know this being a prevention educator, uh, there are grandparents out there, aunts or uncles, that say you're just going to confuse them if you bring that up at the age of three or four. What would you say to that as an expert? I would say if that child is old enough to communicate, it's time to start talking. Okay. And again, you want to make sure you use an age appropriate, uh, sorry, age appropriate language yes. when you're talking to a two or a three or four year old. Okay. You know, but letting them know, hey, something simple as 
your part, body parts that are covered by a swimsuit. Yes. So for guys, that's, you know, at the waist with swim trunks. So yes. young ladies with a bikini. So that means that the breasts are covered and the, um, the vagina area is covered. Just letting them know the parts that are covered by a bathing suit, no one should see or touch those mm, parts. Powerful. That, it, it's broken down, you know, to where a three- or four-year-old could understand it. That's right. I love that. That's a great example. If it's covered up by your bathing suit, no one should be touching it. I love it. Now, we talked about it's not too early as long as, like you said, that they can speak and, and have an, a general understanding, and, of course, age appropriateness is key. But is it ever too late, Andrea? And I bring that up because you know there are good moms, good dads, or good grandmothers listening right now that are raising kids, and they're saying, well, I, I was so busy. I was working jobs. I, I was trying to make ends meet to pay water bill and everything else, and I likely did not have the conversation I should have, but she's 16 and 17 years old now. She's dating. Clearly, if something happened, my daughter would have told me. Is it ever too late to have that conversation? And if not, how do you start it when she's a teenager in her late teens? Well, I would always say it's better late than never. Okay. So I would rather you say something than to say nothing. Okay. Um, but as far as teenagers, just letting them know, them know, you know, having a conversation about, you know, sexual assault and rape. Because these things happen, you know, in middle schools and high schools and yeah. college and, you know, everywhere. Because no one is, is, is immune to, you know, sexual assault and rape. So there's, I believe, at any time in life, you know, Education should be ongoing. Okay, I love that. Education should be ongoing. You know, you brought up something that I want to touch on briefly. We talked about the perpetuators of sexual abuse. They can be older siblings, possibly. Not that it would be, but it's a possibility of of parents or aunts or caretakers. But when they uh, can get in those teen years, and it can happen at any point, but teen years in particular, I know date rape. It's something that is a real possibility for boys and girls. I'm assuming more so girls are at risk. But I know uh, you and I talked about that previously. Uh, briefly explain to our parents uh, about date rape and how that can happen, because so many times they're looking for the older person to attack a young man or a young woman. But when they get a certain age, that peer-to-peer interaction is critical, right? Absolutely. And, you know, with date rape, and so that, that's sexual assault or rape that occurs in a, in a, in a dating scenario. Yes. So, you know, oftentimes, you know, a, a young lady and a young guy, you know, they'll go out on a date and, you know, they'll go to the movies and have dinner. And, and sometimes, you know, someone feels that it's so because they, you know, spent money or, okay. you know, that, that they're owed something at the end of the night. Yes. And so what I like to advise our, especially our young women and young men, you know, to have an open dialogue prior to going out, letting them know, you know, what's wrong, what your expectations okay. are. You know, if you have no plans to have sex tonight, let them know that, and it's okay. okay to do that. Oh, wow, Andrea. So you're saying, it, it, let's be upfront. I mean, because you're saying a lot of times young people, and I'm not just going to say young people, I'm sure as people age in their 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s, that assumption, unfortunately, can also be made by some people. But you're saying, it, be upfront, that, that, that that's not an intention, right? you and Christy, you know there's um, peer pressure to be cool. If a young woman or a young man come out right at the front of the date of saying that, you know they will face 
a possibility of being tagged uncool or that young woman or young man may feel they're going to be rejected and the person's going to say, well, I don't even want to go on the date with you now. And, you know, and, and that's, that's a, a very real possibility. And so what I usually like to advise, you know, teenagers, you know, if it was something, you know, meaning if the relationship, if this person cared enough for you, if they're that interested in you, okay. if something as small as you not wanting to have sex is going to, you know, Okay, powerful. I guess sway how they feel about you. That's not a person that you wow. necessarily want to date anyway. And you know what? I think that's great advice, not just for teens, but for a span of lifetime, Andrea. You bring a good point. If that's a deal breaker, then you need to consider that's someone you really want to be with in the first place. Hey, you know, before you leave us, I want to talk about healing right now because we talked about the awareness of it, that sexual abuse happens, unfortunately, to too many youth. You talked about prevention measures. Uh, preventative measures, rather, and, and I hope everyone, again, took mental and written notes because it was powerful. Great information, Andrea. I want to talk about healing. Can victims and survivors, I'm going to use that survivor word because they can thrive. I know that. Can victims and survivors heal, and if so, how? Is that a tough road, Andrea? I believe, you know, it's definitely a tough road. I mean, you know, I, I see and speak with, you know, adults every day that, you know, talk about, you know, how when they're younger, things happen and they're still as an adult. You know, they're having a hard time dealing with it. Okay. And, you know, and for those those people, what I like to do is to, to try to introduce them into, you know, some, some type of counseling or therapy um, to, to promote healing. Because, you know, again, it's a, it's a long road, and, you know, sexual assaults happen, you know, and it's not something that, you know, a survivor can get over overnight. It's going to take time. It's going to take wow. sometimes years, you know, to heal from something like that. Wow. But I want to emphasize again what you said so eloquently. A victim of sexual abuse. Uh, be it a child, uh, be it as a late teen, be it as a, an adult at any age. Again, you're saying, Andrea, you are a prevention educator. You've worked with it. You're out talking in the communities. You're saying they can survive and thrive, and healing is possible. Absolutely. Wow. But I'm assuming they would have to, uh, not in all situations, but I would imagine get some sort of help, right, some sort of professional or ministry help of some sort. Yes, absolutely. You know, we have our these, uh, you know, mental health professionals. We have them for a reason, okay. and utilize them. I mean, we have to, to push utilizing, you know, counseling and, and, and the services of, of therapists. You know, because again, we, we we want you to heal. We don't want you to go down, you know, the road of, you know, substance abuse and things like that because you're trying to find ways to cope oh, wow. with, you know, this tragedy that has happened to you. Mm. Great information. Wow, what a pleasure to have you on. Again, uh, she is Andrea Hughley. She's prevention educator, and she's on with Christy Wooden. And Southern Crescent Sexual Assault and Child Advocate Center, that's the amazing organization. I had the opportunity to meet these ladies a while back for a televised edition of In the News, and they really impressed me and blew me away with all of the great work they're doing for the youth and our communities. You know, uh, Christy, before you leave us, tell our listeners, please, more about your um, your organization, because it's an amazing one. Sure. The Southern Crescent Sexual Assault and Child Advocate Center was opened in 1994. Um, we are a 501c3 nonprofit. Um, we have a large service area of Metro Atlanta <clears throat> and a little bit south. Um, the main counties that we serve are Clayton, Henry, but Lamar, Pike, and Spalding. Um, but in 2015, we actually served 27 counties in Georgia. Wow. Out of state cases. 
Um, so a, a lot of area that we cover, and anyone who calls uh, or makes contact with our, one of our yes. staff gets services. Okay. So that's the kind of the basis about uh, our organization. Um, we do have a 24-hour crisis line. We have okay. pension programming, and for services are available. Um, you can find us uh, online. Our website is www.scsac.org. Okay. Uh, you can also search for us on Facebook. That's okay. Our page on Facebook. And uh, our crisis line uh, is a 24-7 crisis line. It's available, and advocates are always staffing the line. Yes. And that phone number is 770-477-2177. Wow. Give that number again, Christy, for someone out there struggling with something or maybe they know someone. Sure. So that number is 770-477-2177. And, again, this is a national and international show, but if they call that number, um, you know, obviously they wouldn't be able to come to the location if they're in San Diego, but your advocates who pick up the line would be able to help them through talking and maybe connect them to services where they are, right? Absolutely. We would route them right to their sexual health center. Oh, wow. Give them the opportunity to have follow-up with us as well. Wow. Andrea Hughley, uh, Christy Wooden, you are friends of Let's Talk America Radio. Again, the organization is Southern Crescent Sexual Assault and Child Advocacy Center. Ladies, you're doing some great work under your leader. Uh, keep going. It's a community organization. Thank you for sharing information on protecting our youth. Sexual assault among our youth. Let's abolish it, and hopefully it can go away. I would like to invite everyone that lives in the Atlanta area or Atlanta metropolitan area to join me and many others for a very vital community event taking place on this Thursday, March 31st at 7 p.m. at the Hampton United Methodist Church. Of course, that's in the Hampton area of Henry County, which is a little south of Atlanta. It's going to be a great event. It's a pinwheel visual, um, bringing awareness to child abuse awareness month, which we're coming right into with April. So you have to join us, um, some very critical individuals um, with the Southern Crescent Sexual Assault Advocacy Center uh, will be there. Many other organizations have joined forces, including law enforcement, to bring awareness to child abuse. So do join us um, for that. Very important. Again, special thanks to the ladies joining me tonight and also for Susan Crutchfield for all that she's doing in the community. If you would like more information on this important community event taking place again this Thursday at 7 p.m. in Hampton, Georgia, a little south of, of Atlanta, uh, Georgia, just a few minutes to join us, just visit their Facebook page at Paint Henry County, Georgia Blue. Again, the Facebook page is Paint Henry County, Georgia Blue. Check it out, and I hope to see you there. Regina R. Tate is a Christian counselor, and she's written a book entitled There is a Bomb for That. The compilation is her platform to inspire and spread the love of God. The book is encouragement and motivation to get beyond and through everyday issues and problems using the Word of God. In addition, she shares some accounts of athletes and other well-known people doing admirable or not-so-admirable things to help push across her messages of encouragement. Tate combines her love of sports with her love of the Lord to inspire those of us who are on the Lord's side and others who are seeking reasons to trust in God. Within the book are articles or missives including Hold Fast, Gifts of the Cross, Call to Be Better, and Don't Get Weary, all of which remind us that God is always pulling for us to get to the other side of the room. In the missive, there's a bomb for that. Tate Vince, my head hurts because there is so little tolerance for the diverse prisms through which we see life, and there is a declining appreciation for the myriad ways we have come to survive life. She goes on to explain why her neck hurts, 
Her eyes, her ears, her stomach, her feet, and even her heart hurt. But then she points out that she is not in a woe is me state of paralysis because she says, I have medicine. I have a bomb in Gilead. Her aim with the book is to remind all of us that we indeed have medicine for whatever ails us. Regardless of what the situation or the crisis is, there is a bomb for that. Books may be purchased on authorhouse.com or at amazon.com or you may visit the website thereisabombforthat.com for more information. This is Renita Mitchell-Blackwell, editor-in-chief of Born Saber Magazine, and you are listening to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. Stay tuned in, America. Listeners of your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America. Now, we have all heard uh, the stories about dogs uh, that, uh, you know, have saved lives and done some amazing things, right? And, you know, a lot of us say, well, is that true? What, what can we know about our dogs? Do they help sick people? You know, but how much do we really know about what they're thinking or why they behave the way they do, right? We all want to know that. Right now, I have with me on the line, Dr. Dr. Brian Ayer, he is a professor of cognitive neuroscience at Duke University and founder of Dognition. Want to make sure I'm saying that right, doctor. He is with us tonight to tell us more about the growing interest in the topic of canine cognition among dog owners and share some pretty unique ways how we can help our dogs reach their full potential. Welcome to Let's Talk America Radio, doctor. Thanks so much. You excited? Yeah, we're excited to have you on because we're like, we want to know what our dogs are thinking. How smart are they? Now, first, tell me this. Your research focuses on the rich mental life of dogs. Uh, Many of us are like, wow, that does exist. What should dog owners or dog lovers know about canine cognition? Well, I'm not alone. I'm actually sitting here with Oksana, and Oksana is a uh, black Labrador who uh, actually is an assistance dog. She helps people who are uh, with disabilities, and she can do all sorts of amazing things. She's really a hero dog. She can turn on and off lights. She can help people get dressed. Um, She can help people move around better, and she can just make people people feel good about themselves. itself and also saying, well, hey, it gives my uh, dog an opportunity to do some neat things like we do in terms of playing games. But now tell me this. As human beings, we know there are some better at it than others. I'm not necessarily saying that equates to intelligence, but I think like most people, um, I've heard that those dogs like the beautiful lab that's sitting with you, um, those who assist people can be sort of the elite or the smart dogs, if you will. Uh, Can all of our dogs be that neat and that smart and play the dog mission game? Yeah, so any dog 
employee dogmission, um, and you're right that, you know, normally we think about intelligence as something you either have or you don't have or you have more or less of it. Dogmission isn't about finding out if your dog's smart or not. Okay. <laughs> really understanding their personality and the strategies they have to, to solve problems. Now, I played dogmission with my own dog, okay. and I tried to predict what he would do, and honestly, I didn't think on some of the things he would do anything particularly spectacular. <laughs> what knocked my socks off was he really scored very high in empathy. So his ability to understand or, or sort of the bond that we have, um, the measures, so things like how much eye contact your dog makes with you or wow. contagiously yawn. If you yawn, does your dog yawn in response? We know that that is related to empathy. Okay. And my dog did that. And relative to other dogs, he did it really a lot. And that was a big surprise for me. Um, and so I, I think that's why, you know, I'm so excited as the founder of Dogmission to be partnering with uh, ProPlan okay. because they also recognize, uh, you know, the rich mental life of dogs, and it's not just about giving your dog mental stimulation or, um, you know, exercising with your dog, but also there's, there's something you can do to support that mental life with nutrition as well. Okay, so eating as with human beings is very important for our dogs, right? Because some people may still, doctor, have the notion of, well, you know, I love him, he's a family member, but he's a dog, he'll eat anything off of our plates, and as long as he seems satisfied, we're good to go. That's right. Yeah, so, so you know, I think that normally the way that you think about dog food or maybe dog, you know, their, their diet is, you know, you got to keep their body healthy. Um, but given they have this mental rich, uh, this rich mental life, uh, there, there now is overwhelming evidence that you can support that with um, exercise and, uh, you know, mental stimulation like playing dog mission games. But, again, nutrition is really important. So Korean Pro Plan has two breakthrough innovations. They've come out with uh, Bright Mind Adult and Bright Mind Adult 7 Plus for older dogs. And these uh, dog foods have formulas that are designed to, uh, you know, support your dog's mental health okay. uh, or their brain health. And so uh, as somebody who understands and studies dog brains and minds, I thought this was super exciting uh, that somebody had recognized the importance of this. And I think it's going to be important, play an important role in the future in really strengthening people's bonds even more with their dogs. Wow, how innovative. Listeners, you, of course, are tuned in to your national award-winning radio talk show, Let's Talk America. We have with us right now this Tuesday night Dr. Brian here. He is professor of cognitive neuroscience at the one and only esteemed Duke University, and he's founder of a pretty innovative and unique company called Dognition. Tell me this. I know you talked about adult health, um, the cognitive uh, abilities, talking about nutrition, but I know you believe that age seven is a golden year and a very critical year for a dog. Why? Well, at age seven, you have a change that uh, can happen in a dog's brain where their adult glucose, or where their glucose, uh, their brains of glucose metabolism can change. Yes. That can affect their memory, their learning, their attention. And so uh, uh, the Bright Mind Adult 7 Plus uh, actually has enhanced botanical oils that are, uh, promote mental sharpness and can help uh, your dog uh, be more like they were when they were younger. 
Okay. Uh, I'm actually feeding my dog uh, Brightline Adult 7 Plus right now and uh, seeing the results. So it's been really uh, amazing to watch. You know, Dr. Hare, it's interesting because when we think of FICO, our, our lovely dog, be it a Shih Tzu or a Lap or a Bulldog, um, you're saying, and to me it seems, now you're a physician, I'm not, but as we age, it seems that we start to decline some with cognitive and other abilities. And you're saying that naturally happens to our dogs as well? Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, just like people, um, you know, aging happens to dogs too. And um, so if you want to learn more and you want to try some of the dog mission games yeah. and see that, and see that you know, rich bit of life in action, uh, go to dogmission.com okay. slash brightmind. Uh, and ProPlan has provided some of the dog mission games for free. And uh, if, if you... Um, if you go grab a bag of Bright Mind, uh, starting this month, you're going to get a code to do the full dog mission assessment uh, at where you get all the games uh, that will allow you to compare your dog uh, and their cognitive abilities, the full spectrum, uh, and compare them to every other dog that's played those games. Uh, and really, uh, you'll get a, a full understanding of what makes your dog uh, the special dog they are. Just like Oksana, I'm with here special. Your dog has two of these games that can help you figure out exactly why. Hey, quick question. Uh, the Dog Nation games, I'm, I'm so impressed with this concept. Is it an interactive game where owners, I'm assuming, have to participate too? Yeah, that's right. Okay. You actually play the games with your dog. It's fun to do. Um, there are simple things like uh, if you, you yawn and see if your dog yawns in response, you make eye contact with your dog, see how long they hold that uh, mutual uh, eye contact. You can, it, a lot of the games are trying to you hide food or, or, or <laughs> toys and see if your dog can find them using their memory or even influential reasoning. Yes. So you'll be surprised what your dog might be up to that you weren't aware of. Wow, and I know obviously you're the founder of Dog Nation, but I would imagine uh, you would um, emphasize that engaging with your dog on any games like this or any other time would help strengthen the bond between uh, man, woman, or child and that dog, right, Doctor? Yeah, that's right. So, you know, appreciating uh, how we need to nurture both body and mind is, is really directly related to enhancing the bond that we have. Uh, and it's an expression of our love for our dogs. I know. Uh, so if you want to show off some of your dog's genius, by the way, you can, um, <laughs> uh, you can use the hashtag MySmartDog, and you can tag at ProPlan. Give us, send us your, or, or um, show us your videos and your pictures, and for each one, Katrina uh, ProPlan is actually going to donate a pound of Bright Mind to uh, Rally to Rescue, up to 25,000 pounds this wonderful cause. So uh, snap away, show us what your dog's been up to. It's going to be really fun to see at uh, hashtag MySmartDog. Wow, and first off here, it's bragging on our kids, and now we're bragging on our dogs. <laughs> and of course before we leave us I know we talked about our dogs and how great they are but also on another health note for humans I, I saw recent studies where dogs and also cats talk about our feline friends have uh, in many people helped lower blood pressure and other things right well we're finding increasingly that pets have a positive impact on people's lives and so you know dog mission and creative pro plan are all about giving back and let's, wow. let's, uh, let's enrich that relationship because you're absolutely right, there's more evidence every day that um, uh, interacting with animals, especially dogs and cats, can have a very positive impact on people's life, on all walks of life. Awesome.
some. Not the bears, though, right, Dr. Hare? <laughs> yeah, maybe not bears. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Let's Talk America Radio. Hi, this is Shirley, and we just love listening to Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thorpe. Hi, my name is Kavarga, and I listen to Let's Talk America. Hi, my name is Nicole Dodd, and I'm tuning in every Tuesday at 7.30 to Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thorpe. This is Audrey, and I'm listening to Let's Talk America with Shayna Thorpe. This is such an awesome show. If you're not connected, you really need to be. Listeners, it is Tuesday night, and you are tuned in to your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America. Now, as the weather is getting warmer this spring, it's time for us to think about getting our lawns into shape. Right now, I'm honored to have on with us Jason Cameron, TV host from DIY's Desperate Landscape, Man Caves, and Sledgehammer. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. What an honor. Now, tell me this. Now that the warmer weather is here, what are some things every homeowner needs to do outside to get the home ready. Well, listen, it is warmer, right? It's, it's, I love it when I see the sun come out in springtime because that's where you're going to find me is outside. So I, I encourage everybody to get out there and, and take stock of what they're going to need to do. And one of the most important things is lawn care, right? Because that's the first thing people see. That's what everybody wants to show off is their lawn. So I got some really, really good tips uh, when it comes to lawn care. You want to hear those? Yes, absolutely. Beautifully and last through the season? 
Yeah, you want to make sure your soil is prepped and ready to go. So that means turn your soil, make sure your soil is fresh and ready to receive whatever annuals or perennials you put in there. Okay. And, uh, and checking, it doesn't hurt sometimes if you're concerned to have your soil checked and have it sent in and get, get basically a breakdown on the, uh, on the nutrients in your soil. And depending on what you're planting, if it likes an acidic environment or yeah. not acidic environment, you want to make sure you've got the right environment. Because if you spend a lot of money on those things, you want to make sure it's going to grow properly. So using, if you're, use, if you're buying the soil, you can buy a really good potting soil for that okay. uh, to promote really good gr growth. Okay, awesome. Great advice. Now tell us, what is Ready, Set, Mow all about? <laughs> well, I'm really excited to team up with Cup Cadet on Ready, Set, the Ready, Set, Mow Challenge, which I, I think it's great because most people are in their yards anyway, and most people are taking selfies of themselves all the time. So <laughs> this is a great opportunity for you to take a picture of yourself in your masterpiece of a, of a lawn and doing just lawn work, and then using hashtag Ready, Set, Mow and hashtag Sweepstakes and post those, and you could be spotlighted on the social pages. And what they're going to do is choose to list uh, randomly in June to uh, travel to Bristol, Tennessee as a VIP guest of the NHRA race and, oh, wow. and lawnmower feats of strength, if you will, to win the grand prize, which is actually Cup Cadets Enduro Series Lawn Tractor. And i got to tell you, somebody in the business, this is a cool uh, uh, lawn tractor because it's the first to introduce uh, electronic fuel injection that's ever been done before. Oh, wow. So, and also Bluetooth technology. So uh, cool. we'll communicate with a smartphone to tell you about maintenance. So I think it's incredible. I think it's uh, it's a really cool uh, really cool sweepstakes. It's Tuesday night, listeners of your award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America. And we have with us the one and only Jason Cameron. He is, of course, a popular television personality. Uh, you've seen him all over the tube, heard him on the radio. Jason, you know, it is uh, spring. Uh, many of us are getting ready for parties or hanging out with the barbecues or just having people over sometimes for the pool. What are some elements that we can incorporate into our backyards to make them inviting and welcoming and places we really can be proud of? to have people come over and hang out because sometimes you say, oh, I just bought some great food. I want others over. But the backyard, you're like, oh, it, it just it looks bare. I want it cool. Yeah, that's the thing, right? You don't want to invite people over and you gotta, you're going to be upset or you're going to be uh, embarrassed about your backyard. <laughs> uh, going, out of, going out and looking at it in the spring is the best time because you can actually take stock of what you need to do. But creating those spaces, you know, I, when I say space, I'm like an entertaining space. So if it's a hardscape, you're going to put some pavers down. You can do yourself and create like a little environment with a, with a fire pit. It's a great gathering area for people to come out uh, and, and do something like that. So really look at your backyard and plan out something that you've always wanted to do, but maybe this is the year to do it and do a hardscape space where you can have an entertainment space. So that, that's really important to pick those areas where you can have a party and have people over. And of course, you're a professional. You do it on a whole nother level for most of us, whatever dream of. But I guess a lot of the tips you gave us, especially about getting the backyard uh, great, it can still be on a budget-friendly uh, schedule for most people. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, there are things now that are available. At most of your big home uh, improvement stores, right, that you can go in and are very well-priced and very do-it-yourself friendly. So if you're looking you know, to do a project, you can watch my shows because we give you a lot of advice on how to tackle small projects okay. like that. But there's no reason somebody can't create their own little space, whether that's pavers or using a crushed stone or an area where it is dedicated for entertainment. So there's a lot of different ways to go about it, but there's a lot of products on the market that are reasonably priced. Awesome. We can be empowered to do it ourselves. We enjoy having the professionals on, such as Jason Cameron. Jason, where can we go for more information for outdoor projects? Well, the information that we talked about, you know, with the new technology yeah. uh, and the uh, sweepstakes that we talked about, the Ready, Set, Mo Challenge, yeah. go to CupCadet.com because a lot of the tips that I talked about are right there on CupCadet.com. Thank you.
thank you for staying with us, Jason. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Do you need to see a doctor today and can't wait two weeks for an appointment? Are you tired of waiting for hours on end in the emergency room? Well, good news. Get Well Urgent Care is open seven days a week from 10 a.m. until 10 p.m. Dr. Baruti and his well-trained staff specialize in minor surgical procedures like keloid removal, IV therapy, telemedicine, and a six-month physician-supervised weight loss program. Get Well Urgent Care is located in Douglasville, Georgia, Interstate 20, Exit 37. Call 404-937-3508 or go to www.getwellga.org. Congratulations on-air personality Shana Thornton on being named the recipient of the 2015 Bold Award in Human Dignity. Your journalistic work on spotlighting the leading topics and people of today makes a difference. Keep up the great work. Welcome back. As you know, yesterday was Easter Monday, and many of you are aware of the fact that the White House in our nation's capital holds an annual Easter egg hunt and roll for youth. Well, yesterday it happened as usual. Take a listen as we had an exclusive interview with someone talking about the pretty unique experience. Listeners of your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, you know, with the Easter holiday just behind us, just uh, nearly days ago, one of the nation's longest standing traditions to continue this celebration is the annual White House Easter Egg Roll, uh, which actually is happening today, today, of course, being Monday, March 28th, you know, at the center of all of this fun family event, which many of us have seen televised so many times over the years, is none other than the incredible egg. In fact, 30,000 eggs to be exact. Of course, many people love eggs, especially this time of year when you can dye them and do some fun things. Well, this year marks the 138th White House Easter Egg Roll. And to learn more about what is happening at this time-honored event, we have with us the one and only Chris Pierce from the American Egg Board to tell us more. Welcome to Let's Talk America Radio, Chris. Hey, good day to you, too. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm actually on the South Lawn wow. at the Post House where President and Obama and, and Mrs. Obama live. So it's an incredible uh, celebration of festivities. As a matter of fact, you said it earlier, it's tradition. Uh, like at this event, and I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing with you, but what's good about this, it's not political. It's all about family okay. and tradition and just enjoying each other's company in, in a great setting. Wow. You know, over the years, we've seen uh, media outlets cover it. Uh, we've seen uh, the presidents, many of them, President Obama and ones before him, and the first ladies really get out and interact with the kids. Tell us more about what uh, will go on today. Sure. So, actually, there, there's that. that President Obama and Michelle Obama, they were out, and they greeted the crowd, and they did some storybook reading, and they did some talking to the kids. But it's even more than just the president and the first lady. It, you're on the South Lawn. So there's, like, America's egg farmers. We're, you shared earlier, 30,000 eggs. That's a lot of eggs. But actually 15,000 of them were hard-cooked and then dyed beautiful different colors, pastel colors. Yeah. They're used for some of the different activities on the South Lawn. Like, there's something called an egg bowl that the children really ages from 3 to 12 use this big, like, a 15-inch long wooden spatula, and they have, like, a starting line to a finish line, like, 30 yards. They're going to, like, try to flip this egg. Uh, and some kids get their knees 
Oh, wow. Dust it with some seasoning, like a snack food. It's a reminder that eggs are just good scramble. They're like a quick picker-upper. For, those are two physical exercise and runners. They know they eat hard cooked eggs and all that stuff. But it's good like a quick snack for a family because it's not wasted in sugar. Yeah. And we're going to talk about more nutritional value of the egg. Uh, but first I want to talk more about the history of the Easter egg hunt, the big event that happens at the White House every year. You know, what's behind it? Because we've seen it for years, but um, how does this all start? Oh, it started, like you said, over 130 years ago. It was during the Madison administration, and none of us were alive in that administration, so we don't have any opinions. But Dolly Madison, first lady, was really the first one they stayed to start this, to open up the, the, the backyard of the president's house for the average folks just to come on in and enjoy the trees and the lawn and just the festivities. And 130-some years later, uh, is where we're at today, and American egg farmers uh, have partnered for almost four decades. This is our 39th year. Oh, wow. We've partnered with this event that we supply eggs and we put on activities and crafts. And something very special is each year we have a artist create a commemorative egg, and it actually has to be made out of a large egg, a large oh, wow. egg. But they do that they paint it, and then sometimes they put little trinkets in it, and it's a very, uh, a very beautiful piece. And it takes sometimes up to 12 weeks for the artist to create it. But then we give it on behalf of America's egg farmers. We make it as a gift to the first family. And then wow. that's the, the libraries that are scattered here and there around the country that is part of the history. Like, uh, the activities are for, for, uh, you know, for children and then their parents and aunts and uncles and grandmas. They're all bringing them here. Some are in the fanciest Sunday dresses. That wow. Other folks may not have them, and they're wearing shorts and jeans, and that's fine, too. It's, it's kind of come as you are because it's all about enjoying each other. Wow. What, what a great family event. And, of course, at the very epic and legendary White House uh, in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. Now, what I didn't know, and you just brought out and said so eloquently, that the, um, the egg farmers are very much involved with this. I'm assuming the American Egg Board, you all actually sponsor this or and collaborate with the White House to we, allow this? That's right. They call us a partner. Okay. And that's the that way we look at it. It's good for everyone. You know, we're trying to help consumers, uh, you know, know the benefits they will tie into the nutrition with it later. But like an exhibit, example, we have an exhibit on the South Lawn today that uh, the children and then their and their parents and guardians can see like a it's like a mock chicken house. They can see where the hens are laying their eggs and the nest boxes are there. And there's some, we call them Hollywood hens because the security wouldn't let us bring real chickens onto the South Lawn. But we got them that they look almost real. And there's like a pretend kitchen for the children because they love to do pretend stuff. And we have like a little kitchen for them to be able to make some eggs and, and there's all the hands-on crafts and activities. And it's really geared towards just a, a celebrating family. And, and America's egg farmers, we're proud to be here because often we're kind of quiet behind the scenes. Yeah. We want to keep it that way. But we're also the ones that are providing the care for the hens that are producing the eggs that, that families are using to be a part of their, a part of their, of their meals and their diet. Okay, let's transition the conversation some, Chris. You know, uh, the eggs are at the center of this. Uh, of course, many children love eggs, Easter eggs, dyeing them. I know a lot of uh, individuals that are very fit and love exercise and watch what they eat, and they love a boiled egg. But tell me right now, what are the nutritional benefits of eggs? Oh, yeah, and actually the, the, the credible uh, information really comes from USDA, and they have something called the Dietary Guidelines, and they recently came out with the updates of the dietary guidelines. That's kind of the, the nice and the naughty list. What foods are good for you? Okay. What foods aren't so good for you? So eggs actually used to be somewhat questionable. They weren't sure about the cholesterol. and yes. Many eggs not good for me. They actually changed the dietary 
guidelines because they've used all the new science that's out there. They help. There's no limitations anymore. There's no limitations to egg consumption. You can eat as many as you want, and they, they have you know, six grams of protein and only 70 calories per egg. Oh, wow. Full of nutrients. It, it, it's, like the, it's like the perfect food is what many people call it. You know, in terms of boiling it or um, scramble or frying it, but I'm sure uh, just using logic, of course, using something like the boiling effect, that would be a little bit more healthier, obviously, than frying an egg, right? And it does. It actually creates convenience. So when you boil up a dozen eggs, and you can stick them in the kids' lunch boxes or your, or your wife or husband's okay. lunch box, and you can eat it on the way to the office. I mean, there's so many ways that it can be, because we're all about convenience, too. Yeah. A dozen of hard-boiled eggs, and they're ready to eat just like that. Wow. Um, and in terms of, uh, you know, the big word, people are talking about organic this, organic that. What's the egg board's um, uh, perspective on individuals seeking um, certain hens, you know, animals that are being fed certain foods? What's your take? Oh, well, you know, America's egg farmers are pleased that consumers are looking for choices. And America's egg farmers are the ones that want to give the consumers those choices. So, you know, there's so many different methods out there to produce eggs. And we want to produce the eggs that the consumers are looking for. So okay. if they're looking for traditional brown or white eggs or free range or organic, okay. we want to supply those for the, produce those in the way that standards consumers are looking for. So we actually embrace that. Wow, what great information. Again, we're on the line right now uh, with Chris Pierce from the American Egg Board. Chris, where can our national and international listeners go for more information about the healthy nutrition of an egg, how to prepare it, or more information about the annual Easter egg and festivities at the White House? The go-to source is IncredibleEgg.org, the way it sounds, IncredibleEgg.org. All kinds of recipes, and most people don't even really know how to hard cook eggs. There's videos on there that, that will show you how to do stuff, pictures of the White House egg roll. It's the go-to source for all the incredible information about the incredible eggs. Wow, I love it. Thank you, Chris Pierce, for joining us on Let's Talk America Radio. Thank you. Hi, this is pop culture correspondent Diana Vega in Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Let's Talk America radio show. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Leslie. I'm really enjoying the show. Let's Talk America keeps you in the know. Hi, my name is Tina Harrell, and I just love listening to Shana Thornton on Let's Talk America. It's wonderful. Please keep it going, Shana. Hi, I'm Yolanda, and I listen to Let's Talk America. Let's keep it going. Well, everyone, that's a wrap for tonight's show. Again, Tuesday, March 29th, 2016. You have to stay with us next Tuesday, same time, same place. We've got an awesome lineup for this April, and after all, it is Let's Talk America's birthday, anniversary, slash birthday. So we are very excited to welcome in April of 2016. You've got to stay with us. We have one awesome lineup for the entire month, all right? We aim to inform you on the issues that matter to you in our society worldwide. Well, you know, we adore great conversation, news talk here on your family radio talk show, and we also love awesome music. And tonight we have tunes from TB2. TB2, the name of the song is Save Me, all right? Hey, if you like the tunes of this young man, uh, put his name in your favorite search engine and check him out. Again, TB2, TB2. Two. Save me is the name. All right, everyone, we'll chat next week. Keep the conversation going. News does matter.
Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton, as an entity of Pageant and Thomas Enterprises, LLC. All content original, copyright 2016.
Do you need to see a doctor today and can't wait two weeks for an appointment? Are you tired of waiting for hours on end in the emergency room? Well, good news. Get Well Urgent Care is open seven days a week from 10 a.m. until 10 p.m. Dr. Baruti and his well-trained staff specialize in minor surgical procedures like keloid removal, IV therapy, telemedicine, and a six-month physician-supervised weight loss program. Get Well Urgent Care is located in Douglasville, Georgia, Interstate 20, Exit 37. Call 404-937-3508 or go to www.getwellga.org. 